It should be obvious that we cannot solve a crisis with the same methods that got us into it in the first place. This is a last chance saloon. Because if we don't really take the decisions that are vital now, it's going to be almost impossible to catch up. We will end the moratorium on extracting our huge reserves of shale, which could get glass flowing as soon as six months. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon east off. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon Easter Series 4 Fool's Gold. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. Do you know what, Dale? I think we should just crack straight in on this, don't you? I'm ready. Because, you know, often we do these kind of very elaborate kind of intros and uh, a little chuckle Mm. fest is had by all. Um, Mm. And I'm just Mm. sensing the agenda today is so exciting, actually, for one particular reason, that we should waste no time. All right, well, I'm in. (laughs) <laughs> there you go <laughs> Dale Vince is in that's what we like to hear yeah. this is being recorded of course on a, a late Thursday afternoon stroke evening this is the day before you pitch up down in the capital at the Just Stop Oil protests uh, in fact they're not really Just Stop Oil are they they're everything it's everything and it? it's the Extinction Rebellion Animal Rising uh, Insulate Britain it's the whole crew all those people that some people hate <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I mentioned that because naturally and we're going to be speaking on the radio about this tomorrow as well i know you're you're, you're coming on live from parliament square but what's interesting is that the response and, and this goes down to the art of good protest doesn't it the response is very mixed because people understand a protest but they don't understand having their m25 closed mm, or the snooker had interrupted right oh the snooker that was the one wasn't it yeah by was the with a bag of powder paint, paint dust yeah something like that I've, I've had a whole week actually of defending the right to protest and disrupt and just stop oil in particular and that that protest in particular against those people you mentioned the the some people that like to hate uh, these people that are doing such a great job of of creating headlines and and just not accepting the status quo you know i've been on right wing tv and radio listening to all the crazy stuff that they say. I mean, there's some real crazy stuff. I'll tell you now, I'll tell you later. I don't mind. That's tell me now. Yeah. What's the <laughs> crazy you. stuff? Well, uh, Julia Hartley Brewer, right? I mean, I love chatting to her, but uh, she, she went on some kind of, uh, some kind of rant and said that uh, eco protesters want to take us all back to the dark ages and they want to ban the wheel. I'm like WTF. And she said, <laughs> she asked me at one point, <laughs> If the planet was about to die, should she get hysterical? I said, I think you've got enough hysteria this morning with the dark ages of banning the wheel, right? Have you heard of an electric car, right? Oh, so, my word. Well, t- 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 come on, Dale, fess up now. Tell us about your wheel banning activities. Where do these secret <laughs> meetings take place? Where are they? Are they are in, they in, in the head. office there? Are they somewhere else? <laughs> do you all meet in a, a little cave in another part of the country so that we can see you're kicking up your anti-wheel plans? I mean, it's mad, isn't it? I said, to you, you've heard of electric cars, right? Because that, that's what we want, electric transport, the ending of fossil fuels, you know, that kind of stuff. But no, it was all back to the dark ages, apparently. And uh, and we want children to mine cobalt in, in Africa. And she talked about incredibly rare materials. And it all has to come on a boat from China. Like, that's the end of the world as well. I mean, honestly, it's so, it's so removed from reality. When we talk tomorrow on TV, Dale, can I can my first question be, are you planning to ban the wheel? Can <laughs> yeah, I throw that in there? Is yeah. that all right? So we'll, yeah, we'll, start, yeah. we'll start off something like that. But I, I suppose 
with things like the Grand National, and we can argue about the Grand National, that was an interesting one because lots of people we spoke to, so people who ordinarily would be, you know, you might think quite traditional and conventional, they like an institution, um, are very much against the Grand National, but that was more of an animal cruelty issue. Uh, whereas the protests there were kind of a mixture, weren't they? They were about animals, but they were also about drawing a wider attention to other things within the system. Yeah, you mean the snooker? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a climate thing, wasn't it? Just stop oil. We have to stop drilling for that. I mean, that's a simple fact. We know that. Uh, even Shell, actually, the latest projections from Shell say that if we're going to get to one and a half degrees, stick to one and a half degree temperature rise, then we have to stop expansion of oil and gas now, right now. Not, not at some point in the future. This is a, a report they released just uh, just this week. I mean, it's just madness what our government are doing. And you can understand why people are frustrated. And this is what I've been saying all week. Millions of people can't believe what our government are doing in the teeth of a climate crisis, opening coal mines, drilling for oil and gas, you know, e- expanding runways, and a 26 billion road building program, all of it pulling us exactly in the wrong direction. And so, you know, why should we be surprised when people take to the streets? What about, is there a problem, do you think, sometimes when, you know, I don't know, somebody from, uh, I mean, somebody like yourself, who's a great communicator, a good talker, you know your turf, you know your territory. So when people book you to go on television and radio, whether it's the BBC, whatever it happens to be, you're going to get a qualified answer. But often that's not the case. And somebody comes on talking about Armageddon and straight away they're countered by lots of reasons. Like, for example, don't worry, the world is definitely not going to end. Yeah, lots of crazy shit as well. I mean, like Julia, to go back to yesterday, one of the things she threw at me was, look, uh, we need coal, right? We need coal to make steel. And I said, that isn't true either, right? We're making steel now with hydrogen. That's happening in Europe. And immediately, with no knowledge of the subject, obviously, she comes back and says, yes, but not at the scale we need it. I mean, you know, what a what a silly thing to say. It's happening in a steel factory. It's not happening in a lab. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But she has no knowledge and she Very doesn't true. care. She doesn't care. It's, it's pure prejudice is what we get from these people. And, you know, we have to, we have to challenge that. We have to correct their facts because they've very much yeah. got the wrong facts. There's a lot of people mouthing at me through the glass here. So, so, <laughs> oh, I, I, I can lip root. They're saying, are you speaking to the man that wants to uninvent the wheel? Um, uh, yes, I am. For those, there's a big fan base building up. The anti-wheelites have arrived here as well, Dale. I, c- I could go down in history for that. An uninvention, <laughs> right? An uninvention. Whoever did that? Yeah. The first man to be on Wikipedia in 300 years' time. The, mostly the un- known uninventor. for uninventing the wheel. That's like, is there such a thing? Um, let's talk about TikTok because they're removing climate change denial content. Um, what are you What are you making of this? I'm sure this is a a good news story. Yeah, it's a brilliant move. Brilliant because you know the a lot of this stuff festers online, right? You know, people are finding this this kind of content. You know, like the Julia Hartley Brewer stuff. You know, they they conspiracy theories and their their fears and their misinformation about the climate. They start online. So to have TikTok, and I think YouTube may have already done this and other platforms, take action against it and actually direct climate change inquiries to UN websites and stuff, you know, authoritative uh, sources of information. Just brilliant. That's all you want, isn't it? And that's, you know, social media company. It's interesting as well, isn't it, that, you know, TikTok are owned by the Chinese who are always told is the absolute arch enemy of everything. And they're the ones slightly ahead of the game on this. They're also (laughs) actually slightly more considerate when it comes to issues of bullying and other sorts of harassment. Uh, It's not perfect. No one's saying it is, but they're better than quite a lot of the uh, their competitors. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Shall we talk volcanoes, Dale? 
Brilliant story out this week. Uh, some scientists have identified a bug, an ancient bug, deep in a volcano that has got this wonderful habit and ability of eating vast amounts of CO2, vast compared to its body size anyway, I'm guessing, rather than uh, you know, in yeah. context of what we need to remove. But it, but it offers hope of, of a way to engineer bugs to, to do a big part of the job that we need to do. Because once we get to net zero, that's not enough. We know there's too much carbon in the atmosphere. So once we stop pumping it out, we've then got to start pulling back in what we've released in the last 200 years to get back to a stable temperature and stable climate. Uh, so that's a job for the future right now, but scientists are working on it. What is the hope, do you think? Bearing in mind there's uh, something that comes up, you just touched on it there, getting to net zero and the like, that's only part and parcel of the gig, part of the deal. Um, is there any country that's doing really well? I'm going to say Europe is doing uh, better than most. I think, the, uh, ironically for me, the IRA in uh, the USA uh, is is a brilliant move. That's the Inflation Reduction Act. I don't know why they call it that because it's all about actually uh, that, green is economy. Is that the best PR they could, could come up with? That's not the best, is it, really, for <laughs> marketing? It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. They must have <laughs> forgot about Ireland, even though Biden was there this week. I was going to say, yes. But that's brilliant, uh, you know, brilliant piece of legislation. Europe are reacting with their own version of that because it's all about attracting uh, inward investment, keeping your companies, you know, in, in your country uh, so they don't go to the US or somewhere else for like better tax breaks and that kind of stuff. It, Britain, obviously, we're, we're behind the curve. We're not part of Europe anymore, just doing our own thing. And, and really, that ain't much of f all, really. Um, but, you know, that's the way it's it is at the minute. Line. It ain't much of <laughs> all. There yeah. it is. Uh, this comes in from Patrick. Back to that issue of protest. He says, what happens when protesters uninterrupt a Forest Green Rovers match? You know, I think it's one of those uh, reflex questions that people ask. I'm asked it all of the time by, uh, you know, pundits on radio and TV. Well, how would you feel if it happened to you? You know, looking for hypocrisy. But, you know, my stance is, well, first off, I'm not really sure why anybody would want to disrupt a football game at a football club that is the greenest on the planet, that is already running at net zero carbon emissions. I mean, why would you do that? But yeah. if they did want to do that, I'd be okay with it because it's putting out a message and it's an important message. Somebody texted us the other day and said, what happened when it was just good old-fashioned streakers who would interrupt? You wouldn't get any <laughs> anyone jumping on tables with powder or gluing themselves to a fence. People just got their kit out and ran across Off. a pitch or a track. <laughs> yeah. They don't show them anymore, do they? Somebody no, invades they the pitch no. with, with clothes on or not, they just ignore them. Yeah, something happens at a football match and then you watch it on the TV that evening and you don't see it. You go, hang on, I was there. What happened? And of course, they, <laughs> I think it's an FA agreement, isn't it? But it was there was a defined era of people just whipping out their bits and pieces. There was. There was even a song about it, wasn't there? There was a pop song. Oh, The Streak. Yeah, The Streak, yeah. That's right, The Streak. Oh, well, yes, they call him The Streak. Look at that, look at that. Fastest thing on two feet. Look at that, look at that. He's just as proud as he can be. That's an international hit, damn it. Uh, we could bring it back, uh, but I'm not singing it, and I'm certainly not going to be in the video. Uh, <laughs> uh, climate change thaws the world's most northern research station. There's uh, a thumping irony, if you like. 
Yeah, I think that's just one of those depressing climate stories. You know, the temperature uh, at, at the North Pole is rising seven times faster than the global average, you know, which is a bit shocking. And, you know, it's going to cause massive problems. But look, this is the stuff that we know is going to happen. And all this is is news about it actually happening. And um, yeah, it's just a bit depressing. Uh, but will it be a wake up call? No, it's just probably a, just another story that the, the people on the right wing of life can dismiss and say it's just the weather or something like that. Do you know what I mean? The weather's always changed, Dale. <laughs> it has. <laughs> it has. That's why it's called the weather. Go and uninvent <laughs> something, for God's sake. That's the that's the new mantra, I think. I want to uninvent stupidity. That's what I want to do. That's what we need to concentrate on. And there's a lot of that out there at the moment. Uh, but we have got this. Hi, I'm Mike Graham from Talk TV, and I've been asked to tell you about greed issues and a new book called Manifesto. It's brilliant, apparently. Do you believe in climate change? I don't. Do you believe we all need to find a greener way of living our lives? No, I don't either. I think it's all a load of guff perpetuated by loony lefties and eco-zealots hell-bent on causing a nuisance. Do you believe we're all killing our beautiful planet? No. Neither do I, but I know a fellow who does. His name's Dale Vince. He's so convinced he's written a whole book about it called Manifesto. The Battle for Green Britain. It's part memoir, part handbook for changing the world and shaking it up, apparently. I won't be buying it, but you can if you want to waste your hard-earned cash. It's $4.99. Pretty cheap, isn't it? You must be wealthy as hell. According to this script, it's available now from fgr.co.uk forward slash shop. Uh, it became, of course, uh, a number one bestseller, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think that was before Mike's ad, so before he claims the credit for that, because next time I speak to him, he's bound to give that a go. Yeah, I think uh, he's already the claiming ad. the credit. <laughs> <Is he? laughs> yeah, because he told me, he said, I noticed Dale Vince's book was number one. Uh, and he said, it's interesting that I just recorded that ad. And then it's, and I, I, I thought, well, I'm not sure we've even played the ad yet, but uh, I didn't have the heart to tell him, but he was, yeah, it's a good ad. I loved it. I loved it. Last time I was in the show, he, he said to me, we made you, uh, and, and now you never come and speak to us anymore. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> brilliant. That is brilliant. And, of course, it is still available at the Forest Green Rover shop uh, at a discounted price as well. Yeah, still going. We did send a copy to every MP and peer in the, in the Commons and the Lords just to say, look, uh, you need to read this, guys, actually. You know, not, not, not my life story per se, but the, uh, you know, the manifesto bit, the, the blueprint for how we get to a green Britain, you know. Got, and I got a shed load of responses, actually, mostly from the House of Lords. So you've got to wonder if maybe they're the guys with, you know, more time on their hands. But I got a lot of responses uh, from bishops and lords and all kinds of people. And, and uh, I would say a good handful uh, from the House of Commons, just little things saying, look, thanks for the book. I'm going to read it. Do you know what? When I used to cover stuff at the House of Commons, the House of Lords was where you got the best debate. Whether they were Tories, Labour, Lib, whoever they were, you just got good debate. You know, there was no trying to kind of catch someone out with a crafty, smart answer. There was none of that personal stuff, just really good debate. And I thought that's the stuff they should be showing. Yeah, that's where the decision should be made, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it was because I think these guys get to a stage, the ones that have been previously MPs, where they're trying to sort of toe a party line and they're thinking maybe about their careers. And you get in the House of Lords, you don't give a shit about that. You know, you're there. <laughs> so it's almost where you develop your seriousness as a politician and you need to be a bit serious to be a politician because we're dealing with serious issues like, you know, the end of civilization as we know it. Yes. And uninventing the wheel. That's bound to be a debate in the coming weeks. And stupidity, right? We have to create a drug to uninvent yeah. or suppress stupidity. I can't wait for that. And as if that wasn't enough, we've also got this. Uh, that is the trombone of plenty. 
which (laughs) shall now be known. Um, Highlighting, of course, that you're not just in print and published and on radio and uh, the the biggest environmental podcast on the planet, not just that, but also on the telly as well, though. Yeah, I'm like a presenter now. Well, just for this one series of three parts, right? <laughs> I'm Blue Peter Beckons, I sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, second part's out this week. I still haven't watched it, but I will get around to it. But, you know, I kind of, well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know what's in it because they do some amazing things with the editing, uh, yeah. actually, to make a really tight program from a whole bunch of footage. Martin on LinkedIn says, Dale, are you really launching an airline? Mike Graham and Nigel Farage could be on the first flight with you. <laughs> i don't know what to say there i'm just biting my tongue now but yes uh, the answer is yes that's going to happen we haven't chosen a launch date yet you know for the kind of announcement i keep saying it everywhere uh it's not like a best kept secret but it's coming and um you know i think we'll be in the air with zero carbon planes uh, in less than two years time Wow. And that's what's needed, because I was looking at this story from Australia. You said 50% hike in airfares to fly to Europe from Australia. So it's clearly, you know, it's having a dent. I love that story, actually, for a number of reasons. I mean, the people with the highest per capita carbon footprint on the planet are the Aussies, right? Uh, And until they they love tearing shit up, don't they? They love it. (laughs) It's just like it's got, is it taught in nurseries at school? The climate crisis. No, I did up the planet is that oh. like talk, do they tell four-year-old here's what you got to do boys and girls right very very simple if you can piss on flowers and chop down trees then you'll go further in life is that what happens what's going on there and they had some legendary uh policies didn't they to like to get to net zero by i don't know 2200 or something i don't know something stupid but they had an election <laughs> recently and uh you know they've got they've got a much better government a much more progressive government but here's a story where they're paying 50 percent more to fly to yeah. europe uh, i think that's a good thing right flying's too cheap but it turns out the reason it's happening is the airlines are uh, overbooked and so they're they're charging very high prices to try and recoup some of the losses they made during the pandemic when people weren't flying it's a kind of uh you know it's a market market problem uh, rather than uh, flying just having become more expensive as it really should do let's talk about greg's here uh greg's on any other day of the week a couple of years back would have been the arch enemy of somebody like yourself uh dale they sell <laughs> sausage rolls and pasties there's a lot of meat-based right. fodder going on yeah. in the right. greg's empire that's what they do and then they bought out the vegan sausage roll and i think mm. i wouldn't say single-handedly but i think they've massively changed the conversation about vegan food Oh, I think they have, um, and, and massively, I think, is fair. I mean, they were part of that tsunami of vegan products that we've seen in the last, I would say, two, maximum three years, where everybody is uh, is introducing vegan versions of everything, whether it's supermarkets, motorway service stations, cafes, you know, just it's just everywhere, which is incredible. And Greg's, they, they put out a sausage roll probably because they kept getting asked for it, but the feedback they got, I mean uh, – what I mean by that is the, the sales they got from that, that kind of commercial feedback was so strong that they've just gone and doubled and trebled and quadrupled down. I think it's incredible. And I'm reminded, you're right, Greg's uh, used to have been the arch enemy. And if you go back enough years, one of our strikers at Forest Green Rovers was photographed by a local journalist coming out of a Greg's and it was like the biggest scandal in Stroud ever, you know, player from a <laughs> vegan football club <laughs> pictured going out of Greg's. It was so funny. Nobody would say that now. They wouldn't be able to say that because <laughs> you wouldn't know what somebody had bought in Greg's. And, <laughs> you know, right. when I, uh, the vegan sausage roll, I, and I know there's, you know, lo- lots of other uh, products and 
tasty alternatives out there. But the you know having eaten a Greg's sausage roll and then eaten a vegan sausage roll, nobody is going to tell me that the that the the difference if that's what somebody is looking for is so huge. You, you wouldn't. Mm. Nobody would be able to pick that out in a taste test. Ah, you've got some pink salty paste in a greasy pastry wrap, haven't you? I mean. Nobody's going to tell the difference. Yeah, which, which tells you a lot about what's really in meat or isn't really <laughs> <That's> in right. <laughs> meat, as the case may be. Uh, and here's one that you did – you referenced this earlier about Shell talking about an end to fossil fuel expansion, Dale. I mean, these are the people you want to hear talk about this. Yeah, I mean, it's right. I mean, enough people around the world have said we have to stop exploring for new fossil fuels. Even the IEA, the International Energy Association, have said it. Obviously, protest groups say it, environmentalists, the UN – uh, pretty sure they say it. But uh, to hear it from a major oil company, I think that's something. And they haven't actually called for it or said they're going to do it. What they've got is a bunch of scenario plans from here till doomsday. And it's just a question of, you know, when, when yeah. doomsday comes is, is dependent on when we stop, um, you know, producing more fossil fuels. And they're saying to get to one and a half degrees, actually, we have to stop right now. And that's very interesting. But the, well, it's it's more than interesting. I think it, it's it's up there, kind of in, not dissimilar to the Greg's story in some respects. If somebody had said to you ten years ago that this would be a line that Shell would go anywhere near, uh, you'd have just laughed them out the room. It, w- it wouldn't have even been a thing. Um, but this is a conversation that organisations like Shell are now clearly involved in and no longer it seems in denial mm, yeah it would appear that wouldn't it and maybe they are in some kind of glacial transition from uh, you know what they've been doing to what they need to do they've worked out there's more money in uninventing <laughs> wheels than- they need to uninvent oil now right that's right that's the next thing final question from jamie who says dale would love to hear your learnings from a year in league one how do we get back quicker says jamie <laughs> well look uh, League One is, uh, these these are obvious things, higher standard of football, uh, played at a faster pace, there's more one-touch football, uh, less dithering, and mistakes cost you more. I would say we've learned that in, in League One. Uh, ourselves, we had a bad start to the season with both our head coach and our director of football being tapped up by other clubs while they were recruiting for us. And as a result, our recruitment wasn't good enough. We started with well, our strikers from League Two were both injured. We started with less firepower up front than we had in League Two. That wasn't a good start. Then we had a string of injuries, the like of which we've never had before. And, uh, you know, we stumbled through to January, only three points adrift, uh, tried to change too much, I would say, uh, you know, big recruitment, changed manager as well. And... Um, it didn't work out for us. How do we get back? We are busy now looking to recruit a League One team, even though we'll be in League Two, because we want to get back as soon as we can without being desperate. But when we do get back, to be uh, on a very stable footing, more stable than last time. Great answer. We can't wait. Dale, that is it. Uh, we'll speak on the radio and television tomorrow, uh, and we'll speak on this next week. Nice one. I'll see you there, Ian. Don't forget, of course, to follow this podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there, too. Really important bit, follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince on Insta and TikTok, too. Zero. Carbon. East off.